Thank you, Maria Noel and Alex, for that beautiful song that brings us closer to the throne. Let me tell you something quickly about Alex, uh, the pianist for this morning. Uh, when I was young, when I was a youth pastor about 20 years ago, he was the choir director of the church where I was working at. And uh, every Christmas and Easter, there was some kind of cantata that they prepared. And one year, uh, the theme was Paul and Silas, and he made me sing the part, of, the part of Silas. There I had confirmation that the Lord had given me the gift of preaching. <laughs> so this morning, uh, I'd like to welcome you all and thank you for being here today. Uh, if you're visiting for the first time, we're so glad that you chose this Sabbath because today we get to talk about Jesus. And uh, we begin this new series that we've titled Selfless. And as we begin this series, the month of November is already here. It's already here. Crazy, huh? We were just talking about uh, New Year's a couple of weeks ago, and now it's November. And the thing about November is that we're already thinking about the holidays. We're thinking about food. We're thinking about decorations, right? How many of you have decorated your house with Thanksgiving stuff? Don't lie. You've been buying stuff. One of the things about, about Thanksgiving is that we think about food. Especially those family recipes. Those traditional dishes that grandma made and mom makes and uh, you will make because I don't cook. But one of the things that I heard about Thanksgiving is this young woman who uh, was about to prepare her first Thanksgiving dinner on her own. So she bought the turkey. She bought the stuff that goes inside the turkey. Most likely it was a tofurkey. And uh, she, she got all the stuff. But when it came to the time to put the turkey in the oven, she did not know. That's a high pitch. That's a first tenor. Right there. Right there. First tenor. Um, she did not know how long to put the turkey in the oven for. So she called the one person that she knew was going to be able to help her. She called mom. So mom was working in the kitchen and the daughter calls and says, Mom, I have a question for you. How long should a 22-pound turkey be in the oven for? And the mom said, just a minute, as she turned around to check on a chart. And the, and the, and the young cook said, oh, thank you. And she hung up. See, one of the things about cooking is that you need to, do, you need to know what you're doing. When we miss the point of what you're doing, when, when we don't understand the process, oftentimes the whole reason why you're doing it is lost and the results are going to be disastrous. It occurred to me in the last few months that as I look at history and as I looked at the news, I think that somehow we've forgotten why we do the things that we do as a church. So today, we begin this series that we title Selfless. Because see, the reality about Thanksgiving is that everybody talks about being grateful, being thankful. But see, I think that as Christians, we got to have the attitude of gratefulness every day of the year. So the question is, what is the reason why we're not always thankful. What is the reason why we're not always grateful? What is the reason why we don't have joy in our hearts because of the things that we have and the blessings that we receive and instead we complain about things that we don't have and we hope that we have other things? 
I came to the conclusion that we have two forces fighting in our heart. We have a selfish attitude and a selfless attitude. And we choose every day which one will take over our heart. Now you understand why it's black and white on the screen. Because one of those attitudes is going to cover our heart. So the question and the challenge that I have for you during this series is how we can become so selfless that our attitude is always of gratitude. When we look at the disciples, you can imagine the 12 disciples. And this is the moment when you can tell your notes out um, that you got in the bulletin. The disciples had been with Jesus and they had listened to him. They had been with him for three and a half years. And even for them, even for the 12 who had been with Jesus, who had conversations face to face, who prayed with him, who learned from him, who witnessed his, his uh, uh, ministry one on one, they still struggled with a selfish attitude. So Jesus says to them in Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself. In other words, be selfless and take up his cross and follow me. You see, the greatest act of selflessness recorded in history was the moment when Jesus decided to give his life for people who were selfish. But see, what Jesus is telling his disciples and he's telling us today is not that we need to die. What he's telling us, what he is asking us is that we need to learn to be selfless. He, see, for the disciples, it took three and a half years and they still did not get it. But Jesus told them one day, you see, I'm going to be arrested. I'm going to be crucified. And on the third day, I'm going to resurrect. Now let me tell you something, family. If somebody tells you that it's going to be put to death and in three days is going to resurrect and pulls it off, you better listen to that person. And John 20 verse 19 says, On the evening of that day, on the day of the resurrection, on the first day of the week, the disciples were in a place and the doors were locked. As I was reading this passage, I'm thinking, wait, Jesus had already told his disciples what was going to happen. He had already told them that in three days he was going to resurrect. He had already told them what was going to occur on that day and it was going to be a day of celebration. But the disciples now are inside a room with the doors locked. Can you imagine what it had been if the disciples had been going around town and saying, watch, on Sunday morning, Jesus is going to come out of that tomb. On Sunday morning, Jesus is going to be alive. On Sunday morning, Jesus promised he is coming back from the dead. And a multitude of people gathered around the tomb as the tomb was opening. Can you imagine that? But instead, the disciples chose to be selfish and they were in a room with the doors locked. They trusted their instinct more than trusted the words of Jesus. 
They were not sharing the good news. Their selfishness didn't allow them to. See, shortly before her assassination, Indira Gandhi, you might remember your history classes. She was the wife of uh, the famous just Gandhi, Mahatma Gandhi. She was asked what she thought about the tradition of the Christians who were going to India as missionaries, especially in those areas infested by leprosy. And she said, what is special about these people is the, their concept of a God who is willing to sacrifice himself. She says, these people, when they choose to come here, it's like people who are dying to give up their lives. So the question, family, is not a question of life or death or if we're going to die. Because until Jesus comes, every single one of us will die. The question is, what are you living for? Or what are you dying for? You see, that Sunday morning, the women had already been to the tomb. The women had already witnessed that Jesus had resurrected. But the disciples are in a house with the doors locked. So he continues reading on the text where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them. This is Sunday evening. Jesus has already res resurrected. He already met the people. In fact, Peter and John had already ran to the tomb. But the other disciples are in the house. Especially Thomas. Doubting Thomas. So Jesus, remember the doors are how? Now Jesus is inside the house. And he goes... Peace. Well, maybe not like this, but he said peace. Now let me ask you, family. How do we put ourselves behind locked doors? You see, oftentimes we put ourselves behind locked doors when we have the opportunity to share the good news, but we choose not to. Oftentimes because we fear, well, what if I offend? What if somebody thinks that I'm crazy. What if they don't listen? See, our job is not to convince people. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. Our job is to tell about the good news. See, our comfort oftentimes put us behind locked doors because we decide we choose to be more comfortable than uncomfortable at times when we talked about the, the news. We need to come out of the locked doors and create in our heart an attitude of selflessness. Let me, let's do an experiment here. Let's do an experiment here. You ready for an experiment? Okay, two of you are ready. Okay. Now let me ask a question, and you're just going to raise your hand. That's it. How many of you came to our church at some point, if you were not raised in the church, if you were not born Adventist, because you listened to a radio show or watched a show on TV? How many of you? One, two, three. Three. Good. Now, same thing. Same same process, but now different question. How many of you came to our church because at some point you read a pamphlet or a magazine somewhere else? Somewhere. One, two, three, four. Okay. Next question. 
Janza. How many of you are here because a friend, a person that you met, or a family member brought you to church? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Thank you. You can put your hands down. Now you can see. Now you can see how important it is that we come out of our rooms. That we come out of the locked doors. Because what matters the most is not what's out there, is the people that we meet. It's not the media, it's the individual. It's the individual. You see, as they were in that house and they decided to come out of the house, they, Jesus speaks to them. Jesus takes them to the mount, takes them to the mount, and he gives them instructions. And he tells them, go, go back in the room and pray. And they pray. And then in chapter 2 of Acts, after this event, Peter preaches. And you know what happened when Peter preaches. 3,000 people. 3,000 people become believers. And after a few months, now there's 5,000 people. They became so selfless that now the Jews are afraid of them. At first they were in the house because they were afraid of the Jews. But now because they're so bold and they're so selfless sharing the news, now the Jews are afraid of them. You see, family, why did the disciples, what is the reason, what was the event that made the disciples so selfless? The one event, the single event in history that changed everything for the disciples and for us and the history of the world is the resurrection. Because see, Jesus had said, had performed many miracles, many, many tricks, many healings. But not resurrected, Christianity would not exist. Even to the point of the cross, if Jesus had not resurrected after the crucifixion, we would not be here today. Christianity would have no legs to stand on. The most important event in history and the one single event that validates Jesus Christ as God is the resurrection. It wasn't until the resurrection that history, that the world begin to turn around. If you want more information, I recommend a book by Least Trouble, The Case for Christ. You have to read that book. The Case for Christ. Now, John and Peter now are preaching. They experienced the resurrection. They witnessed Jesus. They saw Jesus alive after he was dead and in the tomb for three days. Now, Peter and John are preaching about Jesus, are performing miracles in the name of Jesus. But they get arrested. And once they get arrested, they were brought. They were brought inside the temple to be judged. Then in Acts chapter 4, verse 8, it says, And Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, the chief Jews here. Verse 9, If we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, they had just healed a crippled man on the street. By what means this man has been healed? Let it be known to all of you. And to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. What is the power that Peter and John are claiming to be the source of their authority and miraculous deeds? The fact that Jesus resurrected. Before the resurrection, the disciples are hiding. 
because of their association with Jesus. After the resurrections, they're preaching and healing in the name of Jesus. The resurrection did everything. So that enabled the disciples to do what before they weren't able to do. Now let me share a, a truth with you people. And that is that we speak boldly about the things that we believe deeply. We speak boldly about the things that we believe deeply. Have you ever bought a car and you were happy with it and you told everybody this car is the greatest marvel in the world? Have you ever been to a restaurant that the food was so good and maybe you were so hungry that day that it was the best food you ever had and you're recommending it to everyone? Maybe that treatment, that, that natural remedy that you tried or that thing that you took, that concoction that you mixed helped you to lose weight and now you're telling everybody, you got to take this. In the morning and you will lose all the way in the world. Because you believe on that. You believe that changed your life. You're going to speak about it. Because we speak boldly about the things that we believe deeply. The disciples had a transformation experience. Before they were stuck in selfishness. But after they witnessed Jesus and the resurrection, they are transformed by selflessness. In Acts 4 verse 2 it says, and there is salvation, and verse 12 I'm sorry, and there is salvation in no one else for there is no other name. Are you with me? There is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now the disciples' family chose to leave their comfort zone, their zone of selfishness, and they walked away from that place to a zone of selflessness. They came out of the locked doors. Andy Stanley in his book, Fields of Gold, says, Often stepping outside of your comfort zone is not careless irresponsibility. In fact, he says, but a necessary act of obedience. So when we believe that Jesus Christ is the Lord and he becomes the Lord of our life, the only way that we, that, that we can live that experience and that relationship with Christ to grow in us, we need to step out of, step out of our comfort zone and do the things that before we were not able to do. We will never see how strong our faith is until we step out of the locked doors. So the question, family, is how? How can I begin to experience selflessness? I have two suggestions for you this morning. And the first one is spending more time with Jesus. Yes, that's simple. Spending more time with Jesus. You see, after Peter and John were arrested because they were preaching Jesus, because they were preaching about Jesus and healing in the name of Jesus, in verse 13, they're behind the, 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 the jury. And, and Peter and John... Tell these people what they believe is the one that gives them the power and the source of their relationship. Notice what it says, verse 13, Acts 4. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived, these are the Jews looking at them, right? They saw that they were bold now and perceived that they were uneducated and common men. Now let me stop here for a second. You know what is the Greek word for common here? Is the word idiotai. Now you know what word we, we, we use in English out of that word. 
they were astonished. And they recognized that they, read it with me, that they had been with Jesus. They were uneducated and common. Next time they use, get mad in the freeway, say common. Now you got it. But the difference was that as uneducated and as common as they were, the difference, what made all the difference is that they had been with Jesus. See, being with Jesus makes all the difference. It's not about your education. It's not about your past. It's not about your failures. It's not about your gender, your color, your age. It's all about having been with Jesus. Jesus has the ability to turn the common into amazing. And that's what happened with the disciples. As they were, what made the whole difference was that they had been with Jesus. The second way that we can grow selfless is by sharing Jesus with others. Uh-huh, I said it. Sharing Jesus with others. Peter and John are witnessing to the Sanhedrin. That was the court. That was the, the group of people that were judging them. And they're released because, guess what? They realized that they had been with Jesus. So they released them. The next thing that they do is that they went back to their friends. And they began to tell them what had happened. They began to tell them what they did, what they said, and how they were released. So they begin to pray with their friends, with the other disciples, with the other believers, with the other followers. Now, something interesting about the prayer family was that they were not praying for protection. They were not praying, God, you know, it's getting very difficult. Please protect us. No, they were not praying for protection. They were not praying, God, you know, the, the, the Sanhedrin, the Jews are trying to, to, to arrest us. They're persecuting us. Please keep us safe. No, they were not praying for that. See, they were not praying, God, please help us that we won't get arrested again. No, they were not praying that. Verse 29, let's look what the prayer were. was. And now, Lord, look upon their hearts and grant to your servants. Now, they're talking about themselves. Grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. Their prayer after they were arrested, it was not that they were protected. It was that they were, if you want to say this, to be put even more in danger because of the name of Jesus. When we pray to God every day, our prayers are very selfish. Mine are, help me, give me. Protect me, guide me. And it's a lot about me. I like myself. So my prayers are very selfish. Sharing Jesus with others, family, is the greatest sign of selflessness. Of selflessness. Sister White says that, that in heaven... Uh, I'll go, go back. says that everyone who comes into the family of God comes into the, into the church as a missionary. 
And she says something interesting about heaven. This is what she says. She says that in heaven, every single one of the redeemed will have a crown. And every crown is going to have stars. And every star represents every single soul that because of that individual accepted Jesus Christ. Now, this is the kick. She says that there, every single one of the redeemed will have a crown. And every crown will have stars. Why? Because only selfless people will be in heaven. You won't like me after today. We are not living today, family, for today. We are living today for eternity. So if we are to live for eternity, we have to help ourselves come out of the locked doors and go into places, go into situations, go out on the street... Taking chance of every opportunity to be selfless. When this life is over, we will have an eternal destination. Now, see, see, I, I'm not the kind of preacher that preach hell a lot. I'm not. But I would be irresponsible with God and with the scripture if I don't tell you this. When the game is over and the music plays, All of us will have a destination. One is going to be awesome. The other one, not so much. And the only, the only difference is that the awesome place that the Bible calls heaven or paradise or eternal life is for selfless people. The other one, just keep doing what you're doing. Now, 1 Corinthians 2.9 says, But as it is written, What no eye has seen, this is talking about heaven, What no eyes has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagine, what God has prepared for those who love him. And you cannot love unless you're selfless. We can't be we can't be selfless if we don't share the news of Jesus Christ. See, I have a something that I want to show you. You know what this is, right? This is a lantern. Can you guess the price? No. See, the, the, the lantern has two crucial elements to be a functional lantern. One of those elements is a light bulb. The other element is power, electrical power. See, all of us are light bulbs. And we come in different shapes. Some of us use a lot of energy some of us are energy efficient. Some of us are long and things. Some of us are not. But we're light bulbs. And we were designed, we were created with one particular purpose. When God put us together, he said, this person, it's going to be a light bulb. That is going to be made, it's going to be placed in a dark place. 
so that through my power, this person can give light. Jesus confirmed it in the Sermon on the Mount. He says, we are a light for the world. And when we choose to be selfless, the power of Jesus gives us the strength, the ability, the words, the desires, so that other people can see the light of God in this dark world. But as long as we are self selfish, the light, the power of God cannot come through us. Because we think we're brighter. We think we can do it on our own. We think that this is all I need. But by doing that, all I'm doing is reflecting the light of an other lights. Not necessarily the light that God wants to shine through me. So family, during this series and starting today, we need to learn. We need to understand. We need to come to grips with the reality that Christianity as a name doesn't take us anywhere. Christianity was not meant to be a title or an identification. Christianity was designed to be a lifestyle. And it's the lifestyle of those who choose to shine with the light of Jesus Christ. Who brought us from darkness into his magnificent light. Let's let his light shine through us. So that the world out there can see Jesus.